Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Amini Swedi, and you're listening to the Murid Talks podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Today's episode is a solo episode. My co host Zulfa Kasim is not with me here today. This is a format that we've been contemplating for our podcast. And hopefully, it's a format that you'd enjoy and like, as well as you enjoy and like the duo episodes that we do. Today, I want to talk about existence. I know it is a daunting word to put out there because even though we use this word in our daily lives, it is a word that is not fully understood. It's not a word that one can totally fathom. It's not like when I say apple or cat, it's not a tangible physical thing to grasp. It is more of a concept. And so it is harder to discuss existence. It is harder to discuss being because we have then to discuss things of a highly conceptual and metaphysical dimension. As I was listening to a podcast today about Rumi, the Sufi sage who is commonly known to the world as a poet, a mystic, and a lover. And it talked about religious pluralism, the diversity of religions, the diversity of paths that lead to God. And that made me think of that common center that is God, that unmoved mover by whom everything else moves. But again, when we talk about the God concept and we delve into formal creeds, when we delve into Christianity or Judaism, Hinduism, etc., we find that formally, on the side of form, there are many differences and many ways of expressing the God concept. Even though we say we believe in God, a person then asks you, what God do you believe in? Or who is the God that you believe in? And so most of the times we attribute differences to religion because of the differences mainly beginning with the God concept. So the way the Christians view God is different from the way the Muslims view God. And so exoterically, from the exterior side, people tend to believe that they believe in different gods. So the God of Christianity isn't the God of Islam. But as I was listening to this podcast, I asked myself the question, what is the one common thing that we as beings share? And whether you think of it as living beings or non-living beings, what is the one thing that we share? What, what is the one thing that is common to us all? 
And this takes us back to the very same concept that we're going to talk about today, existence. Despite our multitude of differences, and despite the indefinitude of beings, one thing that we realize that is common to us all is existence. The fact that we exist is undeniable to all of us. Now, there have been ways of talking about reality and existence. Some say we are in a certain form of simulation. Some say we are in illusion. Some say that we really don't exist. But we're here. And there have been questions about being. Different sages and philosophers have asked this question. Why are we here? We know that we're here. Why is there being instead of non-being? Why is there existence instead of non-existence? Why is there reality instead of no reality? And so we come to realize that the one common thing that we have is existence. We exist. Whether it's a non-living being, things we, we say that don't have life, whatever that means. So when we think about rocks and minerals, or beings that have life plants, animals, the human beings, the whole universe, whether we see it or not, whether we grasp of its limits or not, exists. And we know that it exists. We have a certainty that it exists. That is the one thing that we have a certainty of, existence. Even if we question it, we're questioning it because we have a grasp of its reality, of its truth. Now, what does the concept of existence or being have to do with God or the God concept? Oftentimes in the major world religions, God is thought of in a personal manner. We view God personally as a person. And whenever we think of God, we think of a certain father-like figure or in some other traditions, a mother-like figure. Because we relate to that. We relate to parenthood and the compassion of the parents that we receive from an early age. And even God in his books expresses him or herself in a personal manner. He uses, she uses, pronouns, he or she names him or herself. And so we connect to God in that personal manner. Of course, there are other traditions who view God or the God concept in a non-personal manner. And this is very common to Buddhists who view the ultimate reality not as a personal entity, but rather as a non-personal entity. But even though we have different perspectives and ways of viewing the God concept, personal or impersonal, there are still certain commonalities. We've talked about the commonality of existence and that whatever we believe in, whoever we are, what side of the moral code we live in, good or bad, 
One thing we're certain of is existence. That's one thing we're certain of. But when we go to religion, which we believe a God revealed, so the authentic traditions we believe are from God because this ultimate reality being unfathomable, being inexpressible, being transcendent and beyond the reach of contingent reality, beyond the reach of created beings, seems far away if there is no way that he expresses himself. And so God reveals to mankind through the prophets and the sages that part of him that is imminent, that part of him that is connected to us. And so we receive from these sages and prophets the word of God, the revealed traditions. And different revealed traditions have different ways of expressing this God concept. Now we have two concepts here. We have the concept of existence that the entirety of mankind has a certainty of. And this comes from an inner intuition. And we then have the God concept that is revealed by the major world religions and the God-revealed traditions. And we tend to view these two concepts as different. We tend to view existence most of the times as an attribute that we, we, we possess. We have existence. We exist. But when we go to the God concept, we, as I said, most of the time tends to view God in this personal manner. And so we then say that God exists. Again, we use the term existence as an attribute of God. So we say God exists. And so we put God in the same concept as us. God exists, we exist. So what is this existence we tend to talk about? But to understand why I'm trying to connect existence and God, or the God concept, I have to refer back to the Holy Quran, which is one of the God-revealed books. God says in the chapter of sincerity, the 112th chapter of the Holy Quran, Say, he, God, is one. God, the eternally sufficient unto himself. He begets not, nor was he begotten, and none is like unto him. I want to focus on the first two verses of this chapter. Say, he, God, is one. God the self-sufficient unto himself. The word used in Arabic to denote one in this particular concept is Ahad. Now, I went to an Islamic school and I was taught Arabic, and I know that there is another word for one, as with most traditional 
languages, there's a multitude of ways to express a similar concept. So when we quantify things, we use the word wahid, not ahad. So we see here we have two different terms, ahad and wahid. Now I'm not a master of Arabic, nor can I say that I have a mastery on the etymology of these two words. But through my research and contemplation, we realize here that there is a difference between Ahad and Wahid, even though we translate them to one in English. Wahid again denotes a quantifiable entity, something we can count. So the Wahid has an Ithnain, has a two, and a Thalatha, and a three. But Ahad has no second. Ahad is one unique as a quality. This is qualitative, not quantitative. So God has the quality of oneness, of uniqueness, without a second. God, we can then translate, if we are to use Ahad, we can say that God is one absolutely, or God is absolutely one, or God is absolute. Now, remember one day writing into my diary about the concept of the absolute and that there can be no two absolutes because if we are to express, albeit partially, the concept of absoluteness, then we can, in a way, equate it to infinitude. The absolute or the infinite is that which has no limits and contains within itself all, without it being a sum of that all. So the infinite is that which has no limits, that which has nothing outside of itself, and the absolute is something complete, something that leaves nothing outside of itself. And so we can say, if we are to go back and, and translate, that God is absolutely one or one absolutely and unique, that means God is infinite. God is without limits. And God contains within himself all without being the sum of that all. And the second verse says that God is self-sufficient unto himself. God is self-sufficient. That means God does not need something outside of himself to suffice him because there is nothing outside of him. And so how does this go back to the concept of existence? Anything that is, is within existence. So if God is absolute, if God is one, unique, infinite, and all is contained within God, and God is self-sufficient, and that everything is Dependent upon God, that means God not only exists, but God is existence itself. Let's track back. Everything that exists is contained within existence, seen or unseen, physical or non-physical. If we attribute existence to it, if we say that it exists, 
that it means it is contained within existence. So, come back to the verse in the Quran, God is one self-sufficient, God is absolute and infinite. That means God has nothing outside of himself. God is self-sufficient, everything is contained within him without him being a sum of all those things. And so, in logic, if two different terms entail the same thing, if x is equal to y, and also z is equal to y, we say x is equal to z. That's a mathematical way of expressing it. And so, not only does God exist, but he is existence itself. And this is the non-personal way of viewing God. You can view God as a personal being, but also as a non-personal being. God is existence itself. And that is the one common thing that we all share. We share God. We share God because without God, we cannot exist. Without existence, we cannot exist. <laughs> existence is a prerequisite of existence. And so whether we use the term God, maybe because we have a certain notion and a limited notion of God, when we talk about God in a certain way, it's hard to view him as other than what we have limited ourselves to. But if we think about this truly, God being existence itself, God becomes inevitable. The God concept becomes inevitable. We can even throw away the term God and use another term, being, existence, whatever. That is inevitable. Now, I used here the term that. In Arabic, one of the highest terms used to denote God is huwa. And it is translated somehow as he, but it could also be translated as that or it. And so that unfathomable, unknowable, inexpressible reality that we sometimes call God or Allah or Ehoah, Yehovah, Yahweh, Adonai, the Tao, whatever term we use denotes the same thing. That is existence. So I'll leave you with that, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this solo episode as I've enjoyed to contemplate about existence in God with you. May you all be blessed. May the mercy of God be upon you. I bid you farewell. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.